The Bitterness of an Error Throughout this novel, we have seen Godfrey remain cowardly, evasive, and irresolute, continually resolving to tell the truth, never following through, and always somehow escaping the existential consequences of his lies. Sixteen years later, his deception still lay buried with his former wife, and he is married to the woman he feared might never be his. But in Eliot's moral universe, people suffer the fateful consequences of their sins. As literary critic H. A. Davidson says in her study guide to the novel, quote, In Silas Marner, the meshes of his own netting are slowly drawn around Godfrey Cass. The filaments of his shifty deceit, each frangible as gossamer in itself, are little by little twisted into a wain rope about his heart. Naturally frank and simple in disposition, he is tampered with truth as a child might tamper with the gearing of a mill wheel. By a single touch, the awful machinery of the universe has been set in motion, and at first he stands half aghast at the result of his daring, while the hurrying whirl of events runs faster and faster, until it is swept past his power to retard, and suddenly he is caught in its dizzying maze and swept to a well-nigh inevitable doom. We behold in the merciless consequences of our own volition a scourging genie more terrible than ever poor fisherman set free from copper jar, impalpable as smoke, huge as the sky. This incorruptible nemesis stalks through the novels of George Eliot, dealing retribution with implacable hand. Unquote. First, we discover that Godfrey, who once saw himself with all his happiness centered on his own hearth, while Nancy would smile on him as he played with the children, has been fated a childless life. He and Nancy have buried a child and buried their hopes for a family, and the bitterness he cannot conceal becomes the compulsive object of Nancy's wandering thoughts. Meanwhile, he had a child, one he refused to own because Nancy would never forgive him. And then, when the discovery of Duncy's crime finally urges him to a full confession— we learn that she would have happily taken the child in with him, allowing him the chance to redeem his wrongs and her to fulfill her ardent desire for motherhood. And we are told, at that moment, Godfrey felt all the bitterness of an error that was not simply futile, but had defeated its own end. You could read the last lines of this chapter as some glimmer of last hope. Quote, but we can take Epi now, said Godfrey. I won't mind the world knowing at last. I'll be plain and open for the rest of my life. It'll be different coming to us, now she's grown up, said Nancy, shaking her head sadly. But it's your duty to acknowledge her and provide for her, and I'll do my part by her, and pray to God Almighty to make her love me. Unquote. But though my heart went out to Nancy— this conversation just read to me like the vain and foolish expectation of one who has not fully accepted the bitter end that his error has brought upon him. 